The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Tennessee Valley, this is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, December 19th, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, December 20th, 2020, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we're talking to Magali Licoli, the executive director of Vince Ramos, a worker center in Arkansas, or a community center in Arkansas, about a walkout at George's Poultry. We'll be talking about a strike by steelworkers in Alabama, a fund for out-of-work minors, a just cause law that passed New York City's council last week taking calls and more on today's Valley Labor Report. We've got a full show for you today, folks. So thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore A-L. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That's spelled R-A-D-I-C-L, Unionist. If you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there, and we also clip segments and release them throughout the week if you don't want to watch the full thing. Totally understand. We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps. So, to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, go to thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm slash subscribe. We have a website now. We're going to be, maybe hopefully in the future, populating that with some articles. We're going to have our videos uploaded on there. Bunch of good stuff. Thevalleylaborreport.org. And finally, if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Or if you've got if you're a member of a union or an organization that would be interesting in buying ad space, message the page or, or message, you know, one of our accounts or something. Or if you know David or I, you know, you can message us on Facebook, uh, give shoot us a text. Give us a call. We're always accepting uh, new advertisers on the program. 
So like I said, uh, today we're talking to Magalie Lacoli. She is the executive director with Vince Ramos, which is a community center in Arkansas about a walkout that happened at George's Poultry, which is a, uh, you know, a poultry processing facility in Arkansas. Um, we're really excited uh, to have her on the program. So uh, Magalie, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I didn't hear. She said, can you not hear? No, I can't hear. I heard her perfectly fine. Thank you. Did you? I, I just said okay. thank you so much for inviting me. Can you hear me now? I'm not hearing anything. Uh, Jacob may be having some problems with his head. But you're, but you're yeah, here. I can hear her perfectly, okay. perfectly fine. All right. Well, uh, you <laughs> so, got some technical difficulties. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so thank you for coming on. Uh, we kind of wanted, you know, whenever I reached out to you earlier in the week, I had just read an article in uh, Facing South by uh, a one of one of my favorite writers, and I, I wanted to reach out and, and bring you on the show. But then the more I done some research on Vince Ramos and on you, I thought it was important to discuss first. A little bit about your background because it's very very interesting how you how you ended up here and and the work that you're doing how that kind of relates to the work that you're doing so could you uh just by starting out give us a little bit of uh information about you and how you came to be in uh, arkansas yes uh, well, um, I am originally from Mexico. I am from a city called Leon, Guanajuato, which is a city, North Mexico City. And my background, I was doing theater since I was 15 years old, and I was pursuing my uh, theater career. And so I also moved to Mexico City prior to move to Arkansas. So in 2004, I moved to Arkansas for a personal re reason, and I thought that I was just going to uh, be here for one year and return to Mexico to continue doing theater. But, you know, life uh, brings us <laughs> a lot of surprises. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. You're, I think it's just a problem with Jacob's headphones. He's I don't know what's yeah, it's, going on. It, it, it's a I, I'm I don't know what's going on with my with my headphones either. But it, you're coming through fine on like YouTube and Facebook. And if he's hearing you through his headphones, presumably on the radio too. So I don't know what the deal is on my end. But but yeah, I'm, I'm, I just I wanted to make sure that people are hearing. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I my background is theater, and I was doing uh, theater in Mexico City, and so. So uh, when I moved to Arkansas, I thought I was just going to be here for one year, but life brings us a lot of surprises and I ended up staying in Arkansas. I learned English as my second language and I still learning. Uh, but it's been like, oh, it's been like 16 years that I am in here and I actually graduated from the University of Arkansas and theater. And so when I graduated, I thought I had to leave because there was not a community theater for myself in Arkansas. But um, as I said, life brings us a lot of surprises. And I ended up working at the community clinic in Springdale, two blocks from uh, one of the biggest poultry plants, Tyson poultry plants. And so uh, I was there helping uh, the patients getting enrolled into a sort of healthcare 
And I ended up meeting a lot of poultry workers that don't have access or easy access to uh, healthcare. And so they come to this community clinic to receive help. And through working in that job, I heard horrible stories about how these workers were not able to return to work. And that was because they were working in these processing plants. And to me, every time that I heard a story that it was about like these workers are injured for life, disabled, not being able to, to work anywhere else and just trying to, to, to make their, their end meet and uh, yeah, to, to survive pretty much. And so to me, I, I realized that I, I had, I mean, I am an immigrant woman and I have faced a lot of racism, racism but knowing how these uh, workers were treated, it was about like, we need to do something about that. I need to use my privilege that I've gained through being in this country, learning English and having a, a degree now. I needed to use my privilege to uplift the voices of these workers that nobody really wanted to talk about it. When I, I learned about these practices, I also learned that a community was silenced towards these injustices because Tyson Foods is headquartered in Springdale, Arkansas. And they have a lot of power in the community, in the politics. And so it's very, it's not likely that people are going to be talking against the, pe the, the the company that is providing some type of funding, you know. Yep. And so it was a taboo really talking about these issues. And to me, I took it like, no, we need to change this because this is creating a cycle cycle of poverty and where like workers cannot longer work at 50 uh, at the age of 50 or 40 you know depending on the accident that they had at the plant and to me it was about like if we are able to fix what is happening in this industry we will be able to fix uh, many inequalities happening in, in my community in Arkansas. So the majority of the workers working in these processing plants are uh, workers from Mexico, from El Salvador, for Puerto Rico, from the Marshall Islands. A lot of the uh, population from the Marshall Islands work at these plants. And right now, there is also changing demographics more in the South Arkansas. They are bringing a lot of refugees uh, to work in this industry. So that's how I ended up uh, working. Uh, because to me, it was like, okay, I am angry, but now what What are the solutions? So I am also the co-founder of IWW chapter here in uh, in the Northwest Arkansas. And I was just trying to, to, to bring myself into labor, like trying to learn how to organize. And so I also learned that uh, I could use art and I could use theater and I could use that type of uh, popular education to, to bring that workers uh, to fight together and so it's been working it's been really wonderful how workers are uh, 
taking into uh, into their own organizing skills, popular education to bring or to grow consciousness, not only among themselves, but because they also, to me, organizing poultry workers, it's been also a healing process, you know, that most of these workers believe themselves that they don't have any value because for decades, these companies have dehumanizing them. And so it's also a part of healing, you know, that these workers need also to believe that they are powerful and that they have a voice and that they need to fight, unfortunately, because this should be granted already, but we need to fight to have our dignity and humanity back. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's an amazing intro. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left, so uh, I'll kind of wrap up this segment and then we'll bring you back on for the next and talk about uh, Vinci Aramos and, and exactly what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, to, to, to lead out, though, it's really amazing that you, as a female immigrant from Lyon, is talking about your privilege, you know, and that really speaks a lot to what you're doing on the ground there and the fact that, uh, you know, it, generally speaking, females are the least privileged and, and certainly immigrants are even more of the least privileged in our communities. So I think that's wonderful. Folks, you're listening to the Valley Labor Report. You'll be right back. Thank you, Jacob. Yep. (laughs) You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. My co-host is David Story. On the line, we're talking with Magalie Licoli. She is the executive director of Vince Ramos. She was just talking to us about some of her background uh, in the medical field and what she had been doing and what kind of sparked her interest in labor uh, and, and brought her to found uh, Vince Ramos. So, so, you know, what was that, what was that transition like? And, and, and what was the, um, what was the spark, so to speak for, uh, for founding this organization? So, yeah, we, uh, prior to this, uh, to this job, I was the executive director of a worker justice center in the Northwest Arkansas. And as I said, to me, uh, the issue of the poultry workers was the, was so big that we thought that we needed to focus an organization to secure the human rights of poultry workers. And it's been a journey because this organization has been built by poultry workers and also there are women, uh, women poultry workers from different plants. And so we thought, I mean, we believe that the people directly affected should be leading their work, should be the ones that uh, make the decisions and how to uh, move forward. They need to be involved. We need to develop their leadership and to, because it's often uh, believed that 
in especially I'm talking about in these communities, you know, there is a lot of activism going on, but it's also very like uh, saviorism, you know, the idea of like we need to save them, and really it's not about that. They or the or this idea that these people we are the voice of the workers, you know. I always said no, they have their own voices. They are beautiful. They are powerful. Uh, they just need to be heard, you know. And so we need to create the spaces or where they can be heard and they can grow their leadership and that they can own their own fight and so uh to me it's been a journey also working and learning i also said i am not teaching them we are all teaching each other because we all bring knowledge we all bring experiences into our work and so it's been really beautiful to build Benceremos with those uh, principles with those values you know that workers the only way to change the situation is if workers themselves empower themselves uh, and also they let their own work and so that's how Benceremos is really a space for workers to fight and so uh, we co-founded this organization. We launched it in uh, October 1st, 2019. Uh, the, the group of women leading the Venceremos uh, had been women who've been organizing over five years uh, together with myself. So there are women that have been traveling to uh, other states, sharing their testimonies and also fighting uh, with uh, the stop uh, uh, to stop the, the increase of the line speed at Washington DC with the USDA. So now there are women that have been in the fights and the front lines. And so um, they're also, uh, because of the high retaliation happening at these plants, they obviously, we need to secure the identity. So whenever we're ready, they're gonna come out. Uh, but right now I, I've been the spokesperson with them, but I, it's, as I said, it's a uh, good, it's uh, decision making you know I never make decisions by myself it's always like a group uh, decision making and that's what we've been organizing this year with the pandemic uh, the issues were long before the pandemic but now the issues were obviously uh, really hard and so we had to keep organizing despite of the obstacles that we were facing and that we are facing right now Right. And something that David mentioned to me about Vince Ramos that, that was really interesting and that he really liked was that y'all don't take any corporate funding and that every other nonprofit in Arkansas t it is uh, partially funded by Tyson. It's basically yeah. being bought yeah. off. I mean, it, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, you, you mentioned some of those conditions that y'all are wanting to fight. And so that I think that's a good segue into, you know, what what are the conditions in, in Georgia's poultry and, you know, bro broadly, you know, I imagine yeah. people in other in, in other chicken plants face similar issues. But what are what are the specific issues that, that these workers that they walked out for that they're protesting that they want to fight? So yeah, well, uh, the, as I said, we have workers from Tyson that they also been organizing a lot through, through, through this year. They've been organizing rallies. Uh, they've been organizing uh, petitions among the uh, workers. We've been able to organize over 300 workers in different plants here in Northwest Arkansas. So this, uh, the whacked out was pretty much the uh, the the last uh, what do you say the last uh, the last straw the last straw of yeah. the issue. So uh, before the pandemic, I want to talk a little bit about like the conditions were not good. And so 
we were fighting about uh, the high amounts of chemicals. A lot of workers face uh, respiratory problems because of the high amounts of chemicals used at these plants and also the line speed issue. And so whenever we saw that the pandemic was hitting so hard at the, at the meat packings across the country, we knew that it was just a matter of time that it was just going to hit in this community. And because of the vulnerability of these workers facing already respiratory problems, we knew that it was a, a deadly virus among this community. Uh, and so we began organizing about uh, the, you know, like at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, in March, well, the, in the country began early this year, but whenever we saw the outbreaks happening in other meatpacking plants or in meat, other meatpacking across the country, it was like around March, uh, April. And so back then, there were the companies were not even providing masks. They were not even providing uh, hand sanitizers. They were not even thinking about social distancing. Workers work shoulder to shoulder at the, in some areas. And so it was like fighting for the, the most basics you know and so we began organizing worker petitions and organizing rallies exposing the issue to prevent many of, of of the of the tragedy that we've been facing we were exposing that early uh, april and so the companies of course they were hurt the workers and so the workers were exposed purposely to get sick because it was denied the information even that if if they were at risk of being in contact to someone, they stopped doing contact tracing in the poultry plants. And I'm talking that it's not only in the plants in Arkansas. I've, I've been talking to workers from uh, Alabama, from Mississippi, from New, uh, Nebraska, from uh, South Dakota, and it, everything is the same, you know, as we saw just at the Waterloo plant, the port plant in Iowa. I mean, the issues are the same issues that they were facing through the whole pandemic. So the walked out was because uh, the workers, like, you know, it's been almost a year, pretty much a year of the pandemic in the country. Hey, and believe. still the companies are refusing to give them soap or hand sanitizers. They are refusing to allow workers to practice social distancing. Right. And right, right now, the we're, numbers we're gonna, are growing. We've got a break. Much. We're going to be talking some more. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. On the line, we've got Magali Lacoli. She is the executive director of Vince Ramos, which is a community organization in northwest Arkansas. Uh, we've been talking about um, uh, we've been talking about some of the conditions that workers at Georgia's poultry uh, were facing before and during the pandemic. Um, and, uh, you know, we got cut off by a break. So, um, Magali, I, I was just going to let you finish your thought there. Uh, you know, uh, there, I'm sure there's plenty more to say about the conditions that well, these folks are facing. And that was something I was talking to Jacob about in the commercial break. If you could, because here's the thing is 
most of us do not realize mm-hmm. what is going on in these facilities. I mean, for certain, we've seen the article uh, about a month ago about the Tyson managers running a betting pool on how many how many employees would would become sick, hiding those the COVID from uh, the sick employees that were showing up, hiding them from the other employees. Uh, over a thousand people in that plant in that facility were affected, were infected, and several of them passed away. Mm-hmm. But there, and so the the COVID brings to light some of the issues that are in those facilities right now. But those there's issues that have been going on. You know, reading the background on Vince Aramos, the amputations. The uh, inability to work because of repetitive actions in the in the working conditions, having to wear diapers because you don't have they will not allow you to have bathroom breaks. All of these things have been going on for years, but nobody's talking about them until until recently when we start seeing deaths from the COVID. So, could you talk a little bit about the the actual working conditions on the ground? And these aren't just specific to Arkansas. I mean, the the entire Southeast U.S. has these yeah. facilities everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, I've been connecting with workers from uh, other plants in the South and the North, uh, and the conditions are really similar. Uh, the, the, they, they face the similar situation about the, the lack of bathroom breaks, uh, the repetitive motion because of the line speed going too fast. And in fact, the, the line speed, it's at 145 chickens per minute. And right now during the pandemic, the USDA allowed some companies such as George's or Tyson and uh, Smithfields to increase the line speed up to 174 birds per minute. I mean, and and that talk- in itself is insanity. If you mm-hmm. can imagine for the listeners out there, a hundred, even at the 145 mark, you're talking yeah. about two birds a second. second. I mean, that's, that's for eight hours. That's insanity. Yeah. And so they've been facing this issue for so long. And because, you know, we need to understand that this is for the workers working mostly in the debon department uh, in this slaughtering and visceration. And those workers tend to work shoulder to shoulder because for the company, they're acting like machine, really. Mm-hmm. And so if they're acting like machine, they need to be all synchronized, the same breaks, the same bathroom breaks which if the line needs to stop everything at the same time and that's where workers are allowed to go to the bathroom but really they are not given enough time uh, to even remove their protective gear to because they give them like 12 minutes 10 minutes to go to the bathroom and so and also this company for years has been working on this uh, punitive point system if they uh, do a mistake of they come in late after the breaks or come one minute late, uh, they will get a disciplinary point system. If they reach up to 13 points, they're going to be fired. They'll even get points for going to the doctor. So workers are used to come to work while sick. And that's precisely what happened during the pandemic when these companies were incentivizing workers for coming in sick. Like Tyson was given $500 in bonuses to workers if they didn't miss any day of work. That was the 
condition. And so obviously they were incentivizing workers to come in sick and they knew what they were doing. And so that's precisely what happened at the poultry at the Georges plant. Obviously Georges is a private company and they don't they don't care. They, we've been trying to talk to them. We've been trying to uh, do launching campaigns for people to target the CEO, and they don't just don't care. So that's why it's so important that workers during the pandemic. It was clearly that the government were not caring for these workers. The companies were not caring for these workers. They still don't care for these workers. And that's why we need worker organizing. You know, workers need to stand up. They need to uh, fight and to defend their rights to exist, you know, because many workers have died. Many workers are sick. Many workers have long-term effects after having COVID-19, like this case of these workers. He only has 55% of lung capacity. He cannot go back to work. He's about to lose his house because he doesn't have a ways to pay the, the, the bills, the rent. And so this is what is happening right now it's not only how these companies are treating them or the health issues it's also the financial situation that the essential workers are going through this pandemic you know at the beginning of this pandemic uh, they were called the heroes. They were called that they need to keep working and that they and the plants need to remain open because they need to supply the, the food supply for the nation. We really learned that they were exporting meat to China, to other countries during the pandemic. And so they were sacrificed for the sake of profit. It was never to save uh, the food uh, supply of the nation as they made people believe. Yeah, that's right. that's that's well, quite it amazing. All, it was all on. It, it was all performative. I mean, the, the and other here's, and here's the thing is we're talking about this like this is past tense. Right. right. This is not it's past still going tense. on. This is still going on today. And it, you know, and I saw this. Um, I can't even remember who it was. It was um, Charles Payne. He's some Fox News contributor, and he was riffing on Times Choice for Person of the Year being. Um, uh, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, which yeah, you know, whatever. That's a the, the, that's a silly choice for person of the year. But he 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 goes on about how uh, no, the actual person of the year is EMTs, it's cashiers, it's grocery workers, it's chicken plant workers. And this guy goes on rants against uh, progressive taxation, against uh, 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 public, uh, against subsidies for these workers, against higher minimum wages, against protections for these workers. He's been for liability protection. Uh, that these worker that, that would make these workers unable to uh, uh, sue the companies that are doing this to them, and he's going on this performative rant about how oh no, I don't think Joe Biden deserves it. I think the chicken plant workers deserve it. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Magalie, could you talk about a little bit about because here the the thing is is like like I was telling Jacob in one of the breaks, Vince Aramos is not publicly uh, not uh, privately funded as far as like what not we see funded. A corporate funded like what we see a lot of the other nonprofits and that's very important i think because uh it allows you to continue speaking truth to power and, and in your area and in and, and, and wherever that may be how can people help 
Vince Hermos because you everything you're doing is right. Everything that you said as far as the saviors coming in, as far as the worker building the worker power and the workers standing up for themselves, building those committees, everything that you're doing is exactly on point the way it should be done. But I'm certain that that as as a nonprofit in Arkansas, but the same with every all of the nonprofits in the South, everybody's struggling. How can people help Vince Aramos help those workers in, in the field? Yeah, uh, people can help by donating to Venceremos and to follow the work of Venceremos and support the work of Venceremos and inviting us to these spaces help us also spread the word and also encourage other workers to do the same, to keep organizing. And so, yeah, the work of Venceremos, it's crucial because we... I always said that if you don't know where to go, people are gonna tell you where to go. And if you don't know where to go, they're gonna tell, give you the money with the condition that you do whatever they want you to do. But when you know where to go, the, you are gonna accept only money that will benefit your goal, your objectives. And so that's why we are very like hard on this. Like we cannot negotiate that, you know, we know where we're going. And so, and, and also it's inspiring because this fight is inspiring people to contribute, to help us to build this uh, community power that is so needed in a place where they've been isolated, that they were, they've been uh, shut down because this company have so much presence and I also said I mean fighting in the patio of Tyson food is not easy uh, but we are doing it and so we need lots of support by donating through Venceremos they can also find us on Facebook Venceremos Arkansas and they and there is the link of, of donation they can donate any 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 amount is needed really because we are doing such an amazing job in 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 building the workers power and bringing workers to be the leaders and and to lead this fight because yeah we also educating people and allies to how to be better allies and supportive yeah and and when we talk about the least among these we are vince aramos is is helping the least among us and, and I think it's important to point out, uh, a lot of people may not know Vince Aramos, or a lot of the Spanish speak, or English speaking people may not know Vince Aramos means we will overcome. Oh, uh, so that's like uh, that. a, uh, a good uh, tribute to what you're doing out there uh, in Arkansas. Yeah. Magalie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Encourage folks to go and find Vince Ramos on uh, Facebook and on the internet and donate to them if they've got the means. Um, so, uh, you know, Magalie, thank you so much. Uh, I think that this has been really informative and, and you've really helped us kind of get a better understanding of what these workers are going through. Um, so, you know, thanks again. And uh, folks, you're listening to the Valley Labor Report. We will be right back after this break. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Welcome back 
to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. We just had a really informative interview with Magali Lacoli. She was uh, she's the executive director of Vinceremos, which is a community organization in Arkansas that takes no corporate funding. The only nonprofit in Arkansas that is not partially funded by Tyson, which is wow. That's crazy. That's some wacky stuff. Doing really good work helping uh, poultry poultry plant organ uh, poultry plant workers organize for better um, working conditions, better wages, stuff like that. You can search for them online, donate to them. Doing good good work. Doing good work. Um, they're on it, Facebook. They're yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. They're everywhere. If you uh, if you want to call in and chat with us, give us a call. One eight six six four nine four nine eight six six is the number. 1-866-494-9866 is the number. But man, folks, we've got a lot to talk about today. So let's talk about there's a strike happening in Alabama. 415 steel workers are on the picket line, walked off the job, not going into work right now at Constellium, uh, which is an aluminum processing aluminum facility. Processing facility. Yep. Aluminum processing facility in Muscle Shoals. 415 steel workers walked off the job. They've got scabs already on site doing work. From what I from from talking to the business agent last week, they've got three people that's crossed the line so far. So Only they're three. holding they're holding really? their own. So that's good. Wow. They Spirits they haven't high. they haven't brought in other people. I the, that's what happened the last time. I hadn't confirmed or you know mm. that that's mm. happened again. This time I'm certain that they will if it goes on. Right, sure. If they can find workers that'll come in and cross the picket line, I'm right. certain they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their spirits are high. They, they they've been negotiating this contract since September. Right. And the fact is the company wants to do away with seniority mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's uh it's terrible you know they're they're the force overtime consistently uh you know and one of the one of the great things about being in a union is your number is your number if you hired in 20 years ago and and somebody hired in last year well your number is, is better and, and that's just the way it works but to to be able to come in and lay somebody off out of seniority, that is discriminatory against mm-hmm. somebody that's that's given twenty years right. of their life to this company. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I mean, that's just you know, we want to talk about um, you know, doing right by folks, um, a, having a good, you know. M- moving about the world in a moral way you know if somebody gives 20 years 30 years 40 years of their life to a company like yeah you know they deserve they deserve some uh, they deserve extra consideration they deserve everything yeah i I mean mean, the the fact of the matter is and this it frustrates me on a continual basis the fact of the matter and I, i talked about it earlier in the week these owners do not create jobs. Mm-mm. It is very important for people to understand that consumers of that product is what creates jobs. And these workers are fulfilling that product. They're processing, manufacturing that product. They deserve the business. Right. Somebody that works, that lives, I say works, 
somebody that lives in Colorado or somebody that lives in Washington State and just so happens to own this company and does absolutely nothing, zero work to to make that product. They don't they don't deserve anything. Right. These workers deserve everything that they create. And so what the what what the workers the big sticking point is that the company is trying to completely erase seniority provisions in their next contract. Yeah. Completely do away with seniority. No consideration for somebody that has given given the best years of their life, looking towards retirement, looking they've got grandkids. They've, you know, they're they're looking towards they're I mean, looking towards retirement, giving the best years of their life to this company. No consideration for seniority. That's what the company is asking for. And in addition to that, though, which is something I didn't realize, but that that I saw on um, Payday Report uh, reported no, this out, this and, and, and Bloomberg don't give him any. Don't uh, give him any well, and, and and Bloomberg uh, Bloomberg did um, did some reporting on this. They're also the company is also trying to um, to cut. Healthcare. They're they're trying to do healthcare cuts in the middle of a pandemic, on top of trying to completely do away with seniority considerations. I mean, in it's, in a company that's, that's showing record profits. Right. This yeah, isn't a company that's struggling. Uh, yes. They're showing record profits this past year. I mean, my gosh, what what a bunch of just cretins. Cretans. Oh, I mean, it goes uh, never, ne- you know, it, I don't need, it's, it's sickening. Yes. It's sickening. But yeah. it, go by and support them. Yeah. You go. Know, there's folks in the Tri-City areas that listen to us. We got the iron workers, mm-hmm. Jeb, mm-hmm. Eddie, all those folks over there. Oh, I'm sure they're already on the picket line. We've had stuff. my members out mm-hmm. there on the picket line. We go by, if you don't even want, it's cold. Yes. Think about cold. it. These folks yeah. are out there. Right. They, they hate what is happening so bad they're standing out there in 20 degree weather Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. making sure that the public knows about what's going on in that if you don't even want to walk the picket line drive by and lay down on your horn the whole way through and let those managers inside the plant know that you support those workers out there on the line building that public support is how they get a better contract withholding their labor is, is first and foremost, mm-hmm. right. but secondly, is but in, we yeah. need some public support. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, I mean, this is just some stuff that I'm thinking about, but, you know, like if you live in the Shoals and you know your county commissioner, you know, write to your, count, write to your county commissioner. Uh, tell them that you support these workers and that the county commission should come out with a statement uh, supporting the workers. Write to your city council person. Write to your state rep. Write to your state senator. All these folks, these folks... All, every single elected official that represents these workers should be coming out and saying, we support these completely, completely reasonable demands that the workers have. We support their right to strike for better wages and working conditions. We support Just to keep what they've got. Just to keep Just what to they've keep got. They're what not, they've got. My understanding... It, Correct me if I'm, they're not even asking for anything more than what they've got. They're I, asking for status quo. I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's typical. It, right. You know, with every contract in the past ten to fifteen years, most of the You're workers on to... the field uh, in the field are uh, they would be more than happy 
to sign mm-hmm. a contract that doesn't change. Right. You're just trying just keep to keep up with inflation. Yep, just trying to hold on to what you got. But yeah. unfortunately, these corporations continually right. they never miss a chance to mm-hmm. attack worker rights, to attack your your seniority, to attack yeah. your health care, to attack sick pay, right. to attack vacation. Right. They every chance they get, they try to take something away. Right. And every, I mean, seriously, every elected official that represents these workers should be coming out with a statement saying that they support them, especially, especially the conservative free market folks that don't want to legislate uh, better pay and working conditions, which is something that we're going to be talking about later in the show when we get to New York's Just Cause law that just passed. David and I have slightly differing opinions on that, which is fine. But, um, you know, especially... These politicians that do not support legislating better pay and working conditions, that supposedly support the free market, that supposedly have this ideological problem with the state interfering, they should absolutely support these people exercising their First Amendment rights to uh, advocate for better pay and working conditions for, and, and, you know, they supposedly support good jobs. These are good jobs. They will not be good jobs if the company gets their way. I mean, you know, just for so many, like any across the ideological spectrum, you know, elected officials should be supporting these workers because they're not asking for anything crazy. They're asking for, they've got reasonable demands and uh, the company is doing well. There's no reason for these cuts. Um, I, I mean, you know. Write, write your uh, write your representatives because like they need to be coming out uh, in support of these workers. It's really important. Yep. Not only that, we've got mine workers still. Yes. That we're dealing with down in Tuscaloosa. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't. I you know I, I don't have any fancy segue into that. But uh, but yeah, we've got mine workers down in Tuscaloosa have been laid off. Three hundred and fifty, more than three hundred. I know. I think it's basically about, locked out. Yeah. I mean, they can call it a layoff, but basically, mm-hmm. it's a lockout. They just they they're right they're before, try, they're doing everything they can to screw them mm-hmm. over. Right before Christmas, um, and their union is raising money so that they've they've got enough to eat over the holidays. They're not even able. They they haven't even had enough time to put together a uh, uh, put together like a toy drive or anything for their children they're just trying to get enough money so that they they can um, they yeah. so that they can like pay their necessities and stuff like that so they've got a fund um, that they're raising money for and us uh, David and I we have uh, decided that we are going to match any donations to this fund up to Five hundred dollars. So the first five hundred dollars that uh, the first five hundred dollars that are donated to these mine workers, we will match. We'll give you the information to uh, we'll give you the information to donate on the other side of this break. So uh, make sure you stay tuned so you can help these mine workers put food on the table over Christmas and uh, and how you can get your donation matched up to five hundred dollars by David and I. So take stay tuned, folks. This is the Valley Labor Report. The number to call is one eight six six four nine four nine. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Lonely dead stuck bleeding pig. Lonely dead shot shoes today. Ah, All right, folks, welcome back 
the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. We're talking about. Hey, let's, if we could, right, right before we jump into that, because this just pisses me off. Uh, we had a caller call in right before the break that said, "What are we going to do when Biden opens up the border?" And I just want to just a real quick Google on Pew Research, which is a fairly right wing leaning research think tank, uh, pulls up the numbers in 09 under Obama, 297,000 ICE arrests in 2016, 110,000 ICE arrests. So under mm-hmm. Obama, we've seen 297,000 ICE arrests under Trump. We've seen 110,000, less than half Mm -hmm. arrests at the border. So when you start calling in, talking about this reactionary horse crap, get your numbers right, okay? Biden served under Obama, who was called the deporter-in-chief for a reason. (laughs) Fuck. Friggin' idiots. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, look, like, like, um... I mean, it, yeah, it just, it, yeah. So, no, we're not going to take calls. If you don't have good talking points, if you don't back up your talking points with data, and when you call and say, what are you going to do when the borders opened up, and you go back and look at the data, the data clearly shows what happened under the Obama administration versus what happened Mm -hmm. under the Trump administration. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, thinking that, you know, folks, on either, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think there's anybody on the left that thinks that Biden is going to be an open borders person. Well, I mean, because that's they, the because thing is like, when you get your talking it, points yeah. from right wing conservative radio constantly, that is what they do. They yeah. drum up emotion. They don't right. debate on facts. No, they, and and, and, it's, and it, it's very easy to go look up something and debate on facts, but no, they constantly call leftist snowflakes. Right. But everything they talk about is is, is snowflakeology. Right. <laughs> right. So um, so running back to Alabama, like I said, we have we, we talked uh, before the before the break. There uh, we were talking about mine workers um, have been laid off, basically locked out uh, down in in central Alabama around Tuscaloosa. More than three hundred mine workers have been laid off of work. Their union is raising money uh, to help put food on the table over the break. Um, the way that they, the only way right now that they're accepting payments is through check. Uh, we are going to be, we've been needing to do this for a while. And w- this, this is kind of putting a fire under, uh, you know, uh, fire under us to get this done, but we're going to be trying to set up a Venmo and a PayPal so that people can electronically transfer money to us. And then we can write the check to them so late, so make sure that you're following us on Jacob Facebook. Throwing me under the bus here because right. I'm dragging my feet on setting this stuff up. Hey, We're no, I mean, look, up. I could do it too. I could do it too if I, you know, but I, you know, I haven't yet. You know, both of us are capable of doing that. Uh, we just, we just haven't gotten it done yet. Uh, which, you know, we, we've got, we've got, we're busy people, David and I. Okay. Believe it or not, we work we are, for a living. Yeah, we, yeah, we're not some, glorified some talk of us, hosts. Some of us have to work. Okay. You yeah. know, we're busy people, David and I. Um, 
But, but you know, at, at some point this week, we're going to be setting up a Venmo and a PayPal, and you can transfer money to us, and then we will donate that money to... Um, matching money. Matching, matching money. money. Come yeah. on, folks. Uh, so so make sure... So so that you get the announcement that we've set up a Venmo and a PayPal, make sure that you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Valley Labor Report, or you're following us on Twitter at Labor Reporters. We will be matching $500 in donations to this uh, to this fund for the United... Uh, for the mine workers down in Alabama. But if you've got, if you're one of the, you know, if you're a dinosaur and you've still got a checkbook for some reason, uh, you can, you can send a check yourself. It needs to be made payable to community partners of Alabama. So who's the check made out to? It's made out to community partners of Alabama. Where do you send the check? You send the check to United Way, Central Alabama, courtesy of David Clark, P.O. Box 320189, Birmingham, Alabama, 35232. So again, the check is made out to Community Partners of Alabama. You send the check to United Way, Central Alabama, courtesy of David Clark, P.O. Box 320189, Birmingham, Alabama, 35232. And something that should be pointed out, because I had a member ask me earlier in the week, is there any way to donate to these people outside of United Way? And look, I get it, folks. I'm not a fan of United Way. I know they take a large cut out of a lot of their donations uh, that are given through the community. I, I don't donate to them, but this is what the steel, uh, the mine workers have chosen. It's my understanding that 100% of these funds will be going to those mine workers. They won't be taking out a, a portion mm. of that. Okay. So if you're concerned about United Way, as a lot of people are, uh, you know, don't know that that, that – uh, 100% of that money is going mm-hmm. to those workers. Mm-hmm. They're not taking a cut out. Is Community Partners of Alabama, is that a United Way thing? It's through. It's working through United okay, Way. That's okay. all, I, you know, gotcha. so I, I don't know all the details. I just know right. one of the members come up to me and, you know, and he expressed concern and I and I fully support his concern because right, I'm, right, I'm right. not very happy with uh, when you've got CEOs United Way making millions of dollars mm-hmm. a year. Uh, you know, right. I'm more, more aligned with the Salvation Army that that pays their their CEOs a respectable amount and the rest of it goes to help the community. Right. We shouldn't be profiting off the backs of, of the of the suffering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a hundred percent of that's going and then and then not only is a hundred percent two hundred percent of that's going yes. to those workers because we will, we're going to match up mm-hmm. to five hundred dollars out of mine and Jacob's pocket. Yep. This not coming out of the show money. It's coming out of our pockets. So donate if you will. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, so, so then, um, if you want to give us a call, one eight six six four nine four nine eight six six is the number. Uh, the next thing that we wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting. I'm a bit more excited about it than David is. Um, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a good it's, thing. It's just right. So. What has happened is New York City <clears throat> passed a law mandating just cause for fast food workers to be fired. So just cause is it's basically important. the opposite of at-will employment. So um, 
at will employment. Is it just for fast food workers, or is it? It is just for fast it's food workers, specifically for specifically only for, fast. Well, see, then mm-hmm. there in the lies another right. issue. Right, it should be for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, for, why? Why just fast food workers? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just I'm not sure what the deal is there, but it is just for fast food workers. Um, I mean, we got retail workers that make less than fast food workers nowadays. Look at Dollar General. All these exploitative companies that's moving in. Uh, look at Walmart. You know, uh, you don't, uh, and that's the problem with legislation is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the government gives, the government can take away. Right. So it says quick service employees, mm. quick service employees. So I think that's fast food. So, um, so just cause be what, what they've done is they, they made it illegal to fire somebody without just cause, which is which it is in most of the country, it is legal to fire somebody for any reason, basically, which is at will employment, um, and and that's that's really all there. What all there unless is? You're organized. Unless you're right, unless you yeah, unless contract. you've got a union contract, and that's you know, I was gonna say David explain at will employment to everybody, but I mean that's really it. That's it's it's pretty self explanatory. Yeah, you I mean, are employed. At the will, at the at the whim, at the good graces of your ever benevolent boss, right? I that's mean, the, the, that's what it means. Other than just a couple of very difficult to prove charges, which would be right. discrimination right. based on right. sex, race, religion, you know, other than uh, other than those few federal requirements then yeah they can fire you for any reason but even with those mm-hmm. they gin up another reason i mean it's yes, there's yes, it's yes. near impossible to prove something like that in the court of law right because you know you could know it could be obvious through personal interactions that a person is firing you because you're black or because you're um gay or, or, or because you're 65 years old or something like that but um but you know it, it, it's difficult to prove that if you don't have documentation, and so, and so you know, uh, um, and, and but this is across the country. If you've got a union contract, that's one of the first things that union contracts uh, get rid of is this at will employment. They make it mandatory that uh, that uh, employer show just claw just cause for you to be fired. You know, so uh, so here's what the legislation does. Here's what I'm, I'm going to explain what the legislation does. And then on the other side of the break, because we're coming up on a break here in about, well, we've got a little bit. We've got about four minutes. Um, this uh, this legislation limits employee probationary periods to 30 days. Any non-probationary employee who is terminated can take their case to arbitration. Okay, so any non-probationary employee, they've got they've got an avenue to challenge the firing, which is really good. It explicitly outlines several tests for just cause and states that discipline issued more than a year before termination cannot be counted towards progressive discipline, right? So, you know, you get like a reset every year. If you're disciplined in a year, and then a year later they fire you, that first discipline cannot be counted towards progressive discipline, which is good. The company has to promptly provide a written explanation to any terminated fast food employee upon their being terminated and, quote, an arbiter may not consider any reasons not included in such written explanation. So they, the employer has to write down why they're firing the employee and, uh, they, and, and if the employee chooses to challenge the firing, 
the arbitrator cannot look at any reasons outside of that written explanation. That's good stuff. Employees terminated without just cause are to be made whole by being reinstated and being paid back pay. So that is that is some really, really good stuff. That is some, I mean, this is stuff that would be in a good, this is stuff that would be in a good union contract. And they pass that for all fast food employees in New York City. You know, so this is this is some really this Did is going to touch on the seniority issue that, that that they also have outlawed them laying laying people off out of seniority. Yes, that's something that you yeah, know yeah. That they're on strike for at Constellium. Right. They're fighting for it. Constellium is being given. Right. Yeah, well, I say giving. I'm sure right. that yeah, the there's been of lots of organizing happening around this. This didn't come out out of nowhere. Of course, there have been fast food workers in New York City fighting for this. I for thought a long that time. was important to bring up because yes. New York is doing something right. that these workers are actually on the street fighting. For. Right, right. So this is so so da- so David and I. I mean, I really don't think the disagreement here is that large between David and I. No, uh, I but, just, I'm just but, not you know, a fan of of legislation. Right. So you know the. The what has happened is good, but um, you know it's sustain. Here's the thing, in my opinion, it is more sustainable if mm-hmm. workers fight mm-hmm. for these rights themselves, right. other than the legislature coming in. And I think I think what the legislature is doing is great, but it goes back to the same thing with the ACA. The whole reason that I'm not a big supporter of M4A is because. It's a constant battle to keep the these legislation enacted because when the next group mm-hmm. comes in, they can just easily, just as easily as it was signed into law, take it away. Right. And then you know you right. And it speaks of Enzeramos building worker power. Right. It ain't. It's not quick. It's right. not easy. No. But it gets you a lot more. Uh, a lot more. It builds the power that's needed to mm-hmm. sustain that. Yeah, yeah. It builds the power that it's needed to sustain that. It uh, builds experience among the workers so that they can do this themselves. You know, there's it, there's lots of good reasons to support unionization. But, you know, in absence of that, this is some really good stuff. It'll really help workers in New York City. Folks, this is the Valley Labor Report. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. My co-host is David Story. We uh, we've had a we've had a pretty full show for you today. Covered a bunch of topics. We've been talking about this just cause law that was passed in New York City for uh, uh, for fast food workers. It has. Um, codified seniority provisions you know you've got to you've got to look at seniority when you think about layoffs when, when you're thinking about layoffs that are not like disciplinary actions but they're like budget mandated basically you know like you're, you're you know you're running in the red and you got to lay somebody off you got to look at seniority you can't just fire somebody that's been there for 30 years because you want to have somebody in the job to uh that's new so you can pay them less you can't do that anymore in new york city and fast food restaurants there's um uh, mandatory arbitration or, or mandatory um, ability to arbitrate in the law. Uh, if you're a non-probationary employee, probationary periods are limited to 30 days. Um, 
and I mean, there's just uh, and if you ha- are determined to have been fired without just clause, you have to get your job back with back pay. Which is, I mean, this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. I do not believe that bosses should be able to let people go for any reason at all. If a, if there's a job, the job has to be done, um, and they've got a worker in the job, and the worker is doing a good job, then there's no, then yeah, that you know, I don't care if you don't like the, you know, if y'all don't get along personally. If the if the if the if the employee is doing a good job. Then they should not be able to be fired uh, for no reason at all. You know, that like the, the the boss should have to prove for some reason that this worker is not doing their job well, or that uh, they're that you know they don't have seniority, and we've got to make some budget cuts or whatever. You know, there there ought to be some worker protections. But now now this is this is where and, and David and I both agree. I I um, but but you know, it is much better. David and I both agree on this. It is much better to get these uh, to get these provisions through a union contract than it is through legislation because it is more permanent. You are better able to uh, you're better able to keep it up. It builds getting it through a union contract builds worker experience, so you can fight for more or fight to keep what you've got. Um, and and uh, uh, you know it, it it's more autonomous rather than you know and of course in New York City fast food workers have been organizing for this and agitating their the city council for this for a long time no doubt and we do not want to by any stretch discount the organizing that has happened there no they've been I mean you're not here and of groups course. like that have been have been fighting on the ground for years absolutely of course of course but um but you know but we need to build it through worker solidarity right, right. that's i mean that's mm-hmm. that's basically the crux of my argument right. is legislation is not good worker solidarity worker power is good because when you maintain that worker power and build mm-hmm. that worker solidarity you get more yes you, you don't get more just and you get don't, what you want mm-hmm. and you don't have to and you don't have to rely on the on on the government you know yeah. that's that's, I mean, that's you know a big, that's big that's a, a really good thing about unions and unionization and um, grassroots worker organizing is that if you're if you do it right you can get you can win without having to get the government on your side you know and that's that that's really important that's really really good stuff um, and you want I'm no, no nobody's saying that you should not you know I've been extremely supportive of the pro act. We need to pass a pro act. Nobody's saying we shouldn't be working legislation, but legislation, as my good brother Douglas points out in one of his Five Fingers video, legislation is the pinky finger. It is mm-hmm. the little. It is just a small portion right. of what we need to build p- worker power. Uh, you know, that's a small portion. We should not rely on it. Right. Solidarity is what we should be relying on. Right. 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 That's exactly. Yeah, and right. the, the, the who is it? The I I you Pat. The mm-hmm. painters and the allied yeah, the trade, man, those guys are pushing, uh, pushing yeah, on doing Twitter. A good job. Yeah, for follow. The pro you act. should follow at Go IUPAT. That's the Painters Union, the International Painters Union. They've got a fire Twitter account, yeah. as the kids would say. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, dude, they're, and I think they're going to be doing a show with Max. I know, I noticed yes. Max yeah, yeah, yeah. Alvarez from Working People's Pod was talking about mm-hmm. he's doing a collaboration with them, so that's going to be good to listen yes. to. So one other thing that we should probably point out now that uh, 
we've been working with the Labor Radio Network, which mm-hmm. is a network of all labor uh, podcasters. Some of them are live like we are. Some of them do just strictly podcasts. But there is a tremendous, I think there's like 20 to 20 some odd, roughly 20 people if you enjoy labor no, there's talk, 70 shows is there that many there's 70 now? shows in like That's... five countries no yeah. is it really okay yeah. well there you go it shows how much i've been paying attention we've we've affiliated with them they're carrying our show we're going to be uh doing some promos for them in the upcoming weeks on our show mm-hmm. and uh some big things are happening well yeah. i think we have a good possibility of getting syndicated at some point nationally syndicated but what the point is if you enjoy listening to our show if you enjoy workers rights labor rights issues Mm -hmm. you should definitely go look up the labor radio network uh on facebook on twitter the or they've got a facebook page laborradio.net that you can look up and it'll have all the shows listed on there and you can pick your favorite podcast throughout the week to listen to yeah, I definitely recommend Working People. It's really good. Max is a unbelievable. Yeah, Max Alvarez. Probably we got to get him on the show at some point. He just got on as the editor in chief at the Real News Real Network. News. Yep. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does there. Um, and there's you know, a we, lot of there's a lot of people out there doing much more professional work than we yeah. are. We're we're doing everything we can to make to make a decent show every yeah. Saturday. And people like Joe that's called in, we certainly appreciate him yes. listening. Uh, Jeb and all those brothers out there and sisters out there, but there's there's a lot more out there mm-hmm. that is more in depth than we have time to cover on an hour and a half a week. Yeah, yeah. So folks, you know we're rounding out the show. Uh, Christmas is on Friday. We will be here the day after Christmas. You know, you're uh, uh, we'll we'll be talking to y'all the day after Christmas. Um, but you know, everybody have a good Christmas. Have have a a, a good. Festivus, if you don't celebrate Christmas, um, you know, have a happy Hanukkah. New Year. Uh, Hanukkah's over, but Is you Hanukkah know, over? yeah, I Hanukkah, Hanukkah's over. I yeah. apologize wow. to the Jewish community. Yeah. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm, I've been wishing people happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, <laughs> but I, I don't yeah. really follow happy that. Chanukah. Chanukah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, everybody have have uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff, uh, and you know. Um, Make we sure you it. man the battlefields in the war on Christmas. You know, we want to make sure that we... Uh... Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> with with just a few... With a minute left, you're going to start going into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, got to make sure we win that war on Christmas, folks. We don't want people having a good time us lefties hate christmas and all that no of course we're kidding merry christmas happy holidays i'm i'm looking forward to it uh you know i'm gonna we're gonna be uh hanging out with my you know gonna be hanging out with just my parents and my sister mainly uh we're gonna be visiting my uh my granny social distanced leave social distance granny visits yeah 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 i think we're actually gonna be (laughs) i think our plan is to like sit outside on her in her carport and she like sits inside and like talks to us through a screen or something i mean that's good that's yeah. good if you know that's great that, yeah. that's, so the important thing is you're taking care of your family trying to trying to gonna try to so everybody have a good christmas merry christmas happy holidays uh and we will see you next week